Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. One time this person had, to, they tattooed themselves. Like they were like, well, I have to show a tattoo or I'm going to get cut from the show. And so they, you're pointing they like, to like a very, my leg, my oh, leg. It Not looked my like vagina. someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> It was not yeah. a private part, everyone. No. It's a, it was they performed a tattoo no. on their leg. Everyone's got to think. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday, and welcome to this week's episode of Fanatics. The Dexter episodes. I am Claire Kramer, of course, and I am here with my lovely and very charming, funny, beautiful co-host, David Magadoff. Hi, David. Hi, Claire. Thank you for all that. I will receive it. I will live it. And I'm excited to be here today to talk about the most wonderful Katie Sullivan, who you know as Esther at the front desk at Iron Lake PD in Dexter New Blood. Uh, but before we even get to Katie. Uh, there's so much to talk about Esther. Esther <laughs> Esther got thrown under the bus at the end of this episode a little bit. Well, she did. Yeah, I mean, this is a great episode. H is for Hero, episode four, Dexter New Blood. What stands out to you in this episode, David? What stands out is this is the episode. I don't know how you feel, Claire, as a fan watching you know, I felt this is the first episode of the of the four that s- we really had suspense. Like, I felt like it got real serious this episode. Did you feel that way? I, d- I mean, I thought it was a phenomenal episode. It, yeah. it, each episode, I have not been disappointed yet at all. You yeah. know, I thought it was a phenomenal episode. Was it suspenseful to me? I don't know if it was, I would say suspenseful because early on, I kind of, there were, there were like three different storylines happening in this episode. And really, to me, the whole episode was about alliances. So it wasn't as suspenseful as, let's say, episode three, because I was very worried about, you know, Jim Lindsay moving Matt's body (laughs) in that episode. And finally, he got it done. And that was good and blah, blah, blah. But for this episode, it was more about the relationships and the like, the psychological understanding of the dark passenger for me. Yes. Exactly, which I think would be a little suspenseful. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's especially good if watching it, since you were there, you felt it was suspenseful. 
So that means well, they, no. that means the show really did their job. You were able to like step out of being an actor on the show and really enjoy the experience. So well done. I think it totally did its job. I think because I think in this one, what happened was everything's like going fine. It's Dexter. He has his issue. He killed Matt Caldwell. He's got to hide this thing. Things are starting to be okay again. And he just wants to be a dad. But now he dis- he discovers in this episode, oh, fuck, my son, he's got he's got problems. <laughs> and so I think it gets very real this episode for him. I think it's like, oh, no, it's like the problems just keep piling up as a good television series should do by episode four. And so I think it's really, you know, I just feel like he's he's really swimming in the in the suspense and swimming in the thrill of it, you know, which I think is great. Like I, I felt myself kind of leaning into the show more exactly and, and, and being a fan, you know, it really, it really was special. Although I have to be honest that day that we were there when Harrison got, you know, shivved by Ethan. So we, so he says to us in the high school auditorium with the nutcracker pieces and stuff behind him, that was the silliest day on set. We ever had like we were all goofballs (laughs) we were everyone was in like such a silly mood i don't know what it was in the air i think it was something about being on a high school theater auditorium we really draw pictures of each other in the back we like aren't there was arm wrestling contests going on uh i'm posting about it but we did the silly video with the like there was like a magic something there was like a a full-size like hide the person magic trick uh box oh that's in funny. the room like an illusion and we all played with that it was a very goofy day and watching it though you would be like that doesn't make any sense you guys look so serious and you guys it was a well, terrible was thing was happening definitely the most serious we've seen teddy you know and i could tell they had to add in a wild line actually when you ran up and you're like they're working on him and i could tell yes. like that was a studio line and then it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have this moment that they they cut unfortunately and it was like me and because i think they just wanted to cut for time and just get him just get michael hall right into the auditorium and nothing was going to stop him but like he stops me and i stop him and uh i look at him and i you know i just sort of see it in his eyes i have a moment where i see like he is going to potentially hurt me if i don't let him through like even though i'm a cop and so they cut that out and they just had had me be acquiescing to him and let him come in but uh yeah it's a you know it's a, not a good day when your son uh, son draws blood. Well, you know, actually, that reminds me of at the end of the episode. There's a lot. There's a lot to discuss. So let's get into the nitty gritty. But at the end of the episode, Deb says, you know, he he was born into blood just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're right. There is something. There's something about that being born into blood. We don't know what Harrison's dark passenger is. I, I mean, Dexter says he has the dark passenger like me. I don't think it's the same. I, I see a lot of differences. But speaking of, let's just rewind to the beginning of the episode. You know, there's there's a lot of alliances happening here. And one of them is we finally, this episode really is about learning who the killer is, who the guy who is locking these girls up and shooting them running out of the cabin is. And that obviously I was right. I would, <laughs> David, it, yes. it was Kurt. I was correct. And mm-hmm. you see, you know, it's revealed early in the episode. You see him talking to this young girl, another sort of transient girl in the diner. And I'm like, oh, right there. I know I'm right. And then by the end of the episode, you actually see him take her to the cabin and you see the exterior shot of the two sort of basement barn doors that open up. So y- there's no question. Kurt is 
the guy who kidnapped and at least shot that other girl, which leads me into my next resolution with the show, which is why is he lying about Matt's death? Okay, David, he's lying about Matt's death and saying Matt's alive so he can pin the killings that he's actually committing on his dead son. That's what's happening. I am am 100% on that. And... Cannot be swayed. I cannot be swayed. Well, maybe by the next episode, but... (laughs) (laughs) Right now, that's my hypothesis. The other interesting thing that happened, and this goes back to episode two, there was a conversation where I think it was Mr. Not Caldwell. What's the other guy's last name? Olson, the billionaire. Yeah, Olson. Who does not show up. Who's not in this episode. I I did miss him a little bit, but I'm sure we'll see him again. Where Mr. Olson says, you know, hey, listen, that's the thing about people. They're full of hypocrisy, but that's not a bad thing. Well, that that was, again, really addressed with Kurt and the relationship with Matt and then paralleling Dexter and Harrison's father-son relationship. And then at the end, Kurt and Dexter have this moment where Kurt is saying, you know, my son wasn't good. It's really my fault. I should have raised him differently. I should have, you know, people have dark sides and they have light sides. And it's about in life, which side wins out. And you see Dexter yeah. like they're like, ah, he's right. <laughs> but the difference close to home, the difference is Dexter with Harry had a code. He had a code to live by. And Kurt and Matt never developed that code. So they were just, you know, they were, in other words, Matt was just a bad person, you know? And yeah. and Kurt is blaming himself now for not creating, what I'm seeing is for him not creating a code for Matt to live by and allowing him to just combust. But also Kurt is a bit of a, you know, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? An opportunist. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. his, his son's dead. Oh well, let me turn that into working for me, and let me blame my own killings on him. So that's my takeaway <laughs> of solid takeaway, Claire Kramer. The evolution of this um, episode, and and there, I believe there is going to be some sort of an alliance. You know, there when the three Harrison and Dexter and Kurt were on the porch together, there was this interesting triangulation happening because you know Dexter yeah. sort of is the center evolved you know, killer. And then Kurt, he's the one who hasn't quite figured it out and is really effing things up. And then Harrison is the young one who doesn't quite know where they fit in that scenario. He comes over with the drone. He's very happy. You know, what's going on here? Why is he being so befriending to, you know, Jim's kid? You know, it's obviously fathers and sons, fathers and sons. That's the theme of this whole. And alliances. This whole series. Well, let's not lose the drone. I mean, Teddy's known for the drone. So my thing is like, okay, (laughs) is Harrison going to like team up with Teddy now? And are you guys going to be droning it out? Your drone's broken, right? Who's to say, you know, I think, thank you, Claire, for bringing up the drone thing. I think it is uh, a pivotal plot point that will keep rearing its head. It'll keep surprising us. And maybe that's going to be the, that's going to be the secret to everything. I don't know. Maybe the drone gets its own spinoff. We'll see. It's a really. I think that is uh, very possible that the drone will get a spinoff. Let me ask you another thing. So the other alliance yeah. that took place in this episode was between Molly and Chief Bishop. Deputy Bishop. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, what's going Jamie on at the Chung station, just... Teddy. Tell us. Well, Jamie Chung. First off, how wonderful is she? Just watching her on screen, coming in with her. You know, just first of all, <laughs> making drinks, making drinks on the desk, making drinks on the desk. She, her. I mean, it is about. You know, it's 
it is the perfect example of how wardrobe can accent and lend to a character, you know, because like when she was introduced in episode three, they started with the boots and panned up and like, you know, she just is a stylish like podcast. She's exactly who you expect to see on the gram, you know, she's not Iron Lake. She's literally right. big city walking into the small pond and it's fun. And she acts like the big city girl and says, you know, yeah, we slept together and, you know, it was great and all these things. And I, I love Logan. that moment. I love that moment. Yeah, she's just great. And it, but it, she, she's charming and she's not a jerk. And I think that's what's, what's great. She really does want to help, but she also wants to be an opportunist. And I think, I mean, that's what I, it's it's a whole bunch of everyone's just self-motivated. Well, in they show each and have assets to help each other. You know, yeah. y- you know, the station and the deputy, there's the content that Molly needs. But Molly has the resources that the station doesn't have with her social media following. So it's also an interesting commentary on how nowadays, you know, although justice is carried out in the courts, social media has its own brand of, you know, armchair sleuth and justice. So I'm interested to see that storyline as well. I know a lot's happening. We had a kill list and all the kids grouped up in the auditorium, which is such an interesting concept, which I think they handled well. And I loved, you know, uh, I loved Ethan's parents weirdly got to me. I love just oh, that, yeah. the father's moment where he's like, thank you for what you did and never go near my son. It'll be really interesting to see Harrison just keep evolving and what's going on here. Is Jim, a.k.a. Dexter, correct on this? And he well, created this whole experience. Does he have the dark passenger or is uh, is he wrong? But, you know, it's, it's uh, rare, rare when... Uh, Rare when Dexter is incorrect. Well, you know, he's not incorrect. There is something weird going on with Harrison. You know, he did. He set up this situation. He set up Ethan. He, you know, you don't. He stabbed himself. I mean, that takes like, you know, some sort of dark something to do. But well, what's interesting, Claire, I listened. I re-listened to the last episode and I remember you literally said, well, Harrison is—he's gonna have something, but it's not the Dark Passenger. I right. I'm—I feel like <laughs> I'm right about this. I mean, okay. so we're still watching. Here's my last thing, David, that I want to like really find out from your perspective. The Deb character, the way the Deb character is being used in Dexter New Blood, right? You know, she at first is a warning beacon, and then you know the way they used Dexter's father, the whole first the whole you know first eight seasons or whatever was as his conscience and as his you know his barometer of good and bad deb is not that deb is like kind of trying to drive dexter crazy you know she's she's constantly like i don't know she's like a pendulum swinging back and forth i can't figure out what her purpose is in the show necessarily other than to like kind of torment him you know because she's not being real friendly about you know, Harrison and that relationship. I don't know. What's your perspective on that? I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's a pendulum. I think it's mood driven. I think I think I can see how it can be really frustrating for some people and that Deb should be a clear either angel on his shoulder or devil on his shoulder. And I think she's both. And I think that because I, I think that's it's his mind. It's his vision. And so. You know, at the end of the day, it's his brain that is creating this. This isn't an actual spirit that is there. So uh, from the brain of someone who has this, you know, dual personality and this constant battle of right and wrong and wanting to do 
the right thing and have a great life and try to be a quote unquote normal person. I think it makes sense that she's a little all over the place. And I think to me, I really enjoy it. Um, well, at least we get like such fabulous lines as fuck nuggets. And <laughs> <laughs> that is Deb. If she were brought back for no other reason to than to, you know, allow us those interesting little curse moments <laughs> and colorful language. And now let's get into our wonderful conversation with the wonderful Katie Sullivan. Esther, yes, Katie and I got to be such good friends on set because we had a desk that was three feet away from each other. <laughs> and we had a good time. Uh, y- y- another thing that kind of got cut out of this episode, I-, I was holding the rubber band ball because Teddy is such a doof that he just enjoys rubber band balls. And she actually looks to Dexter and says, I think, some her line of just like, oh, what a time, you know, with with what just happened with Ethan and Harrison. And there's another line that they cut from it (laughs) that really made me laugh where Esther says to Dexter, essentially like, you know, you know, I wish he just would finish the job. Ooh. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like (laughs) Esther has a real little like mean streak. And they decided to cut that and make her a little more likable. And then of course they cut to me, Teddy, who looks at her like, uh, like holding his rubber band ball. Like this is a side of Esther that we haven't seen, but you know, Katie from such wonderful things like station 19, last man standing. My name is Earl. She was a Paralympian folks, track and field athlete. Way to make me feel lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, U.S. record holder. Uh, so, uh, such a fantastic human being a good friend, and she loves and is going to talk about Ink Master. Ink Master, the series. So let's uh, let's dive into not blood, but to ink. Katie, would you ever be a human canvas? No. <laughs> I agree. No. <laughs> I think that these people are batshit crazy. That they are just like, yeah, sure, I'm open. Do whatever. Like, this is on your body forever. Forever. And they also talk all the time about how hard it is to cover tattoos, which we can, there's a whole other a whole other aspect of all of this. No, I would never be a human canvas. And also I have problems with the fact that they call them human canvases. <laughs> I mean, like, it is, it's, it's descriptive. I mean. I mean, you get a very clear picture of what that is, but. For those who don't know, Human Canvas from Ink Master. Why don't you give like a brief little, uh, what is a human canvas? Also, what is the premise of the show? For for someone who may never have watched. So Ink Masters is a competition reality show where tattoo artists compete for the title of Ink Master. And uh, they get a, you know, $100,000 and they get to be badass tattoo artists and famous and all that stuff. And a human canvas is the people who, I mean, you can't have a tattoo competition show without having the ability to tattoo something, someone, and that's where the human canvases come in. And they are literally humans who come in and are just like, do whatever. Like, you do you, bro. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Where do they find these people? Are they already covered in t- tattoos or are they really truly canvases like my body, which would be just a pasty white uh, sheet for them? Same, same. Some people are heavily tattooed. Like some people are just like, you know, sleeves or they have tattoos. 
there have been times where there have been human canvases that are, this is my first tattoo. Claire and I both went bug-eyed on that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could. I I think on my first tattoo, I would never want um, a ultra high definition television recording my facial expressions and my tears. <laughs> like, I just don't think I could handle that. <laughs> This is so crazy. There's so I have so much <laughs> to talk to you about this, but but just yeah. wrapping up the human canvas thing for a second. Mm. Have they mm-hmm. ever had a human canvas who literally can't take the pain and ha- and the tattoo artist has to stop? Yes, they call that tapping out. Mm. Yeah, and so <laughs> which is also something I would be terrified that I'd be like, no, I'm da- I'm tapping out. I can't do it. But yeah, so there have been people who are like, I can't handle it, or I. You know, they can't finish or whatever. Uh, and there have also been instances where the artist and the human canvas don't jive. And people have, like, walked out, like, and left. And then, <laughs> and so, like, one time this person had to, they tattooed themselves. Like, they were like, well, I have to show a tattoo or I'm going to get cut from the show. And so they, You're pointing they, like, to, like, a very. My leg. My oh, leg. It not looked my like vagina. someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> it was not yeah. in a private part, everyone. No. It's a, it was they performed a tattoo no. on their leg. Yes, it was like, oh God. Well, my ca- my human canvas walked out the door, so I guess I have to be my own canvas, which is just another level of awesome, but also like, wow, you have to look at this for the rest of your life and know that. So. Is that part of the allure is like you're watching a show where people are making massive commitments to their body in front – like – and, you know, it's just the phenomenon of like that sort of blind commitment and passion. I don't know. Is that part of the allure to you? Yeah. I think that the fact that it is such a huge commitment to just like, yes – I mean, it's the ultimate yes and. Like, you can – go on the great British baking show and you, when you're done with that cake, like it's just a cake and it's, but like this, you walk home, you go home and this is on your body forever. I want them to walk home though, Katie. I, I think they should. <laughs> just like. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> that's <laughs> a separate show, no, David. <laughs> that's, that is like, I mean, and that's kind of like its own version of the like walk of shame is like, I just got this really shitty tattoo. That's the other, this is the other thing about the whole, the whole aspect of the show is that yeah. they have to do these tattoos and some of them are massive, like a whole sleeve or a whole, like a big back piece or something. And they only have six hours. So these human canvases go into this knowing that there is a finite amount of time and sometimes they are just like, no, I want, um, you know, this, I want a whole gnome village and I want very detailed like toadstools and I'm just, this has not really happened, but like the specificity of like, no, and you're going to give me all of these things and they're like, okay, I have six hours. So like sometimes things don't get finished and sometimes things are rushed, which is, I'm sorry, it's not how you want to spend the rest of your life. With a half And eagle. does that six hours include yeah. the, the, the rest time? Or that's yeah. just like straight through six yeah. hours. What, what you get done, if you take 10 bathroom breaks, sorry. That's, you know, wow, that's crazy. As far as, as far, I mean- Who's to say how real reality television is? And that is 
a whole thing in itself, but they say six hours and it, it seems to be, because in this, in a recent episode I just digested, was uh, a woman who kept going to the bathroom and this t- her tattoo artist was like, I'm not going to finish. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing in there? And she's like, peeing. Like, <laughs> How dare she? Katie, how big how of a she? fan are you? I mean, how many seasons are there? How many have you watched? Have you ever watched twice? What is what is your interaction with Ink Master? So I think there's like, I don't actually know the, the number of seasons because I'm not done yet. That's the greatest part. It's like <laughs> finding something and then like getting to just be like, this goes on for like 12 or 15 seasons. Like, that's amazing. I'm on season seven. It's kind of all-consuming in my in my life right now. There are 13 seasons of it. So you're 13, halfway. 13, yeah. What a treat. So there's so much more. And yeah, I do think I would, I probably would watch something again. Like, it seems like something I would be like, for just background noise, like, yeah, I could, the buzzing of somebody getting a tattoo. And <laughs> this is really embarrassing to admit to, like, the world. Why? Um, Because I'm such a nerd. I have zero tattoos myself. And, like, I, I have, like, I, I don't, I just think they're so, it's, People that are like all tatted up, I think is so cool. And like, I would, and I can't, I can't commit to that sort of situation. (laughs) Except I have like a whole Pinterest board dedicated to all the tattoos that I want to get. Wow. That's fun. So, what would you get if you could get one? I mean, I've thought about a couple of different things. There was a time, a period of time where I was thinking about getting the word bionic tattooed on. Because I am a double amputee and I wear legs that have computers in them. And I'm so I'm, I'm kind of more of a cyborg than bionic. It's not like man and machine. So like, so it's technically like, am I technically bionic? Not really. Well, I mean. Well, I think you're, you're describing, okay, not only cool. the bionic part and that whole quandary you're having yourself, you're describing mm-hmm. what everyone goes through when they're trying to identify their tattoo. You know what I mean? Like, am I really this, like, does this really represent me? I'm wearing it for the rest of my life. Like, ideally, yeah. I won't cover it up. I won't have to get it removed. It's like, there's something about that kind of commitment, which again, like, I haven't watched the show, but when I realized this was your topic and started reading about it, I absolutely know what I'm going to be doing for the next three months of my life. You know, it's it's binging this show because there's yeah. I'm not willing to do that. I have a couple small tattoos. I don't have any like massive tattoos. And so what do you have? What do you have? I have a butterfly on my back and I have a, a small like angel on my foot. Both I got within like six weeks of each other when I was like 17. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) In, you know, one in Hawaii, one in New York. But since then, I've never like been like, I've wanted more, but I haven't had, I'm not able to commit to that level of, you know, of self-commitment. So I get like the questioning of what like bionic is. And then it takes you down a rabbit hole, you know, every, every, 
tattoo, I bet. What else is on your Pinterest board? I'm curious. So I also had a thing for a little while where I liked the idea of like birds and flight, but that feels very kind of cliche in a lot of ways. But the one that I'm that I actually think I'm going to get, like I I feel like I'm committing to actually doing this <laughs> is um, which is <laughs> which is why it's so ridiculous that I watch this show is that like I should just go get a tattoo. Like I should just I could go right now. Like we could end this podcast and I could go get a tattoo. But we can't. But we won't. need to know more though. Katie, all yes. right. How how often are you watching? Uh, how like how long has it taken you to get through the seven seasons? Are you watching once a week? No, it's kind of a uh, you know a couple episodes. It's like when you have some free time, you know, like or cooking food or something like that. Well, I'll put it on. It's been a pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's a COVID interest. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. tattoos. Tattoos have been an interest longer, but this this obsession has sort of helped me get through. COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the origin story? When did it start? How did you get turned on to Ink Master? Uh, you know, it was just sort of one of those like suggestions on like, you know, all of the the fact that all of these computers and uh, algorithms know everything about us. And they're like, you know what? You would like this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll check that out once. And then it was like I lost three days, you know, because I couldn't stop. How much did you binge in that first sitting? Probably half a season. Wow. Like, I mean, with that, like, and then being like, oh, I should probably cook dinner. But what was the hook? So, like, you're watching, and what was the thing that made you go, oh, fuck, this show has got me? (laughs) Anybody that has that sort of artistic ability is amazing to me to see these people draw these things. And like the difference between like people who can like freehand and like do some beautiful thing and people who have to like do a stencil or not a stencil, but like, uh, like Photoshop something from the internet, which is, would be my version of doing something. Cause like I can draw stick people and like, that's, that's about it. My artistic ability. You can do my tattoo. So I, perfect. Yes, right. Just like that's all I need. That's person. all I need. <laughs> I just be like, what did you? What was the origin story of this tattoo? It's like, nah, eh, just Katie. That's all she could do. So like, I just got a stick person. I have a friend who literally <laughs> lets her kids draw on her arm, and then she goes and gets tattooed. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing. It's all on her left side for some reason. She's right-handed, but it's all on her left side. Through, like, down her fingers and, like, her whole arm. And then one time, like, her kid's like, oh, can I color your arm? And she's like, okay. And I see her, like, put up her arm, and her kids are, like, coloring, like a coloring book. It's crazy. That's fun. It's That's crazy. amazing. It's cool. I mean, has she done that more than once where they're, like, draw something and then she goes and gets it tattooed. Yes. And same with her husband. And they were not tattoo people for like, they had no tattoos 10 years ago. So this is all like a recent, and and there's something I think, and does the show address this? There's something like addicting when you're getting a tattoo, like you want more, right? A hundred percent. I feel like that might be one of the reasons why I'm like hesitant to pull the trigger on getting one is because I feel like I would have a hard time. So you're going to Mike Tyson yourself next time we see you (laughs) have a wraparound face tattoo. Just like a face tattoo. (laughs) Tears. I think my, I think my agency might have a problem with that. They might be like, maybe 
might be hard to cover that for your next <laughs> acting job. I feel like that's where these human canvases get to the point where they are like, yeah, do whatever, I'm open. There was one point where they were talking about the person who came in and it was their first tattoo and it was just like, you think so long about that first tattoo that you get and you you Pinterest board it and you think about all these things. And then after you've gotten a few, like you're just sort of like, yeah, I'm open. But like people will show up to do the show and it's like, okay, so we're going to do a melting zombie face. And, you know, it's this girl that looks like me and she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And it's just like, what if you don't want a melting zombie face on your leg for the rest of your life? I don't, it's fascinating to me. I just think that in that same way, I'm like, you know, let your kids draw something on your their arm and then just go tattoo it. It's like, what is that? Such a commitment. What is that? That people that are just like, yeah, what ifs? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm a commitment phobe. <laughs> That's what I'm realizing. Same. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, Katie, it sounds like you really love the artistry and the intricacy and the detail they do. That sounds like what it really hooked for you and just seeing, oh, my gosh, how beautiful this really is. And I think that's mm-hmm. pretty darn cool. Is there a contestant that you really connected with over the first seven seasons that you're like that guy really or that girl really struck a chord for me? And I loved exactly their beautiful things they did. You know, more than um, more than one particular person, I always feel like I'm rooting for the women so much because it is such a uh, – it, it leans a bit uh, – Male? Male. <laughs> <laughs> it leans a bit – Let me help you. It's just male? a little mis- – It can – that whole industry, it seems a little bit – uh, can be lean a little misogynist. And even the, some of the ju- even one of the judges is a bit like, okay, sweetie, like, let me tell you what's wrong with your tattoo. And so like, I always am like rooting for the women. And I feel like they get like, even in this, okay, the particular season I'm watching right now, there's more women on this season than I think there ever has been. Great. And they're really talented, like really great artists and really good at you know, the whole thing. But the male contestants keep calling them girls. Mm. Like, oh, the girls, the girls, girls. And I'm like screaming at the television. I'm like, they're women. They are not girls. (laughs) Like, what about them looks like girls to you? And so I feel like, you know, for me, it's more about like, rooting for for the women contestants on the show because I feel like it is such a male-dominated industry in general. Okay, so the style on the show, the judges, the the canvases versus the inkers, like what dynamic sort of is your favorite and maybe your least favorite about those different aspects? In earlier seasons, they had more guest judges, which I really kind of dug. They had like women guest judges come in and things, but normally it is uh, two tattooer judges a guy named Oliver Peck and a guy named Chris Nunez. And Nunez is the one that's a bit, I feel like he's a bit misogynist. So you're Team Sorry. Oliver? I'm a little Team Ollie, yeah. And and but then Dave Navarro is the host. And who doesn't love Dave Navarro? He like seems like such a nice guy. Are you saying that facetiously? He's he's red hot chili peppers, no. Dave Navarro. Is he is he really charming on the show or is he a douchebag? 
Jane's Addiction? Isn't he Jane's, Both. Jane's Addiction? Oh, oh, oh. No, he's this he's the he seems like the kindest person. Oh, great. Like I would like to I would like to have a beer with Dave Navarro. Oh, great. Our producer just chimed in that he is legit <laughs> awesome. Our producer Elizabeth, by the way, adores oh, Master. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, good, good. See, I'm not. Oh I'm no, not you that are. You are not. I don't. Cootie. That's why I'm trying to understand why you're embarrassed or or think it's weird that you love this show. I think I. It's been on for 13 seasons, Katie. A lot of people Somebody like this likes show. It. Someone <laughs> likes it. Yeah. So no, I think it's just. I guess I just feel like. I should have a tattoo, at least a tattoo. Why? I, I don't like baking, and I I watch baking shows. <laughs> <laughs> good point, Claire. You know that's very that's a very good point. Maybe it's kind of the aspect of like voyeurism. Like I don't know much about this world, so it feels like cool to like see the inside of it more. And like I've never even I think I've walked into one tattoo parlor in my whole life, and you know. That. Well, there is something about like that that permanent commitment and also that like I don't know, it just in my perception of like the tattoo artists seem free, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? And that's a big canvassing wrong statement, I'm sure. But from an mm-hmm. outsider's perspective, that's what I think. I think like, wow, they're such an artist. They're free. They're willing to do whatever for their art. They create. They create on other people, which is crazy, you know. So I get it. But here's my question. Earlier you mentioned yeah. about the reality aspect of the show. And we don't necessarily know how much like reality is like maybe there's things that are planned. Does that bother you at all when you're watching or are you just like suspension of disbelief i'm into the storylines i'm good i feel like you can see producers sometimes on the show like you can definitely feel the hands of like two people that hate each other are just happen to be sitting in the like lounge by themselves together like that's not it doesn't that didn't happen like somebody was like hey go go sit down and talk to skip he's you think he's an asshole like go you know tell him what you think about his tattoo (laughs) so like I could do without the like they live in a house together like I could I could do without that part of it. I'm really just interested in the art making. I don't I don't care for the drama. I'm not interested. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just 2 to 3 weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only 14.95 at byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash 
slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. How about the spinoffs? Have you gotten into the Ink Master Angels redemption grudge match? Haven't, haven't gotten that. I'm excited to continue my journey. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten a lot to look forward to. And what's the tattoo that I, I I, I think I interrupted you earlier. (laughs) What was the tattoo that you had decided on that if you are going to get one? (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to get an arrow, like where you would like pull a bow and arrow back, like right here, like an arrow. Um, and for two reasons. One is... She's pointing out her at her wrist, by the way, just to be Oh, I'm clear. so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my, on my left wrist, I think, is where the location. It's where I wear my watch. So, like, it's a problem. Like, do I... I've been... Th- this is how much I think about these things. Anyway. But the reason is my mom, when she was in college, read a poem, and she always talked about how it influenced her about the kind of mother she wanted to be. There was a poem that was like, um, a parent is uh, like the bow and your children are the arrows and the best thing you can do is point them in the direction that you hope they go and you have, and then you let go. So like, I have the idea of, of getting, because I'm her arrow. But yes. um, yeah, so like, it, it really means something. And like, you know, the other stuff is sort of like, yeah, whatever. But that's the problem is that I get that and then I'm going to be like, and now I do this. Claire's going to put little arrows on all her four little, her little ones now. <laughs> I just love that idea of like, you can do as a parent, like you can, you know, you can point, you can yeah. only, you can only point them in the direction that you hope they go. And then they, and then they're on their own, you know? Yeah. So It's scary. It's crazy. I love that. I love but the arrow she, though. She, I told her that I was going to do this, and she just sent me a necklace that is a, an arrow, and she goes, there's your tattoo. I don't think she wants me to do it. She's like, here, so try like, this. How about a keychain? She's like, what about what about a necklace? How about, you know, something you that's not like, permanent? Un- until you get that tattoo, every gift from your mother is going to be like a sweatshirt with an arrow on it, like yes. a pair of arrow yeah. earrings. Like, <laughs> Katie, are there 100%. people in your life? that love the show like you do like your your husband is he into it mom are, are, are do you talk about it with people or is this something that just sort of lives in your head and this is the first time you're talking about it no 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 scott my dude is as into it as i, I like we are we're down the rabbit hole together and he's even talked about like if he was he has no tattoos as well and he has gone, he's changed his mind from like, I would never get a tattoo to like, he wants like a whole back piece, <laughs> but of like Cthulhu, who is, oh, he's like a fish monster. He's, he's um, a god. He's a god. He's a god. I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I knew as soon as I said Cthulhu, I shouldn't, I was like, back up, back up. No, take teachers of Cthulhu. <laughs> So apparently he's this god that lives that he's like kind of like a kraken. Um and uh like the new Seattle he, NHL hockey team. <laughs> what? Wait, the new Seattle NHL hockey team. They've called it they're calling it the Kraken. Oh, yes. It's got a big exactly. logo of but these like, big giant tentacles. Is this sort of what we're looking at? He wants? Yes. <laughs> yes. Tentacles and like kind of a um like an octopus. 
if an octopus and a scary god had a baby, like that's uh, he needs more than six hours. He definitely, oh, he definitely needs, needs, he needs more than, than six, six hours. hours. You're going to have to do some research. Uh, if you, yeah. okay, so w- which Ink Master from all the seasons would you pick to give you your tattoo? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think that's that's too hard of a question. I think I would, there are there are people that, that he's really like there was a there was a, a contestant named Craig that he was like I would have Craig do my Kraken, <laughs> but I'm like <laughs> I don't know I feel like to me it's you know part of it is is that these people are like I would get there's a woman judge that came on I forget her name at this point but she's Australian and I think I would go to her because mm. like she's these are people who are like they're the ones you call in to say judge this tattoo right instead of the people who are like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm gonna um slap some ink on this person well you know what's interesting is the show has brought like the art form into the public eye whereas before i feel like unless you've actually gotten a tattoo or worked in a tattoo parlor you you don't really know but there's such a history behind like the inking of humans and human skin that's the fascinating part as well i think A hundred percent. And I feel like I've also learned so much about different styles. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know there were, there were things like new school and like, um, American traditional and like, there's all these like very specific styles of tattooing that I didn't, I was like, Oh, a tattoo. It's a tattoo. Like you, but that is not the case. Which is the style that you dig the most. I'm really into black and gray, like very fine line, like detail. And that's kind of the people I like follow on Instagram and stuff are like, it, to me, it's a, it looks new. It, you know, they're not these big blotchy, like dark tattoos. They're very like dainty and stylized. And that's, that's the style I see for your arrow. And I agree. And I think if you get it like actually like a further up your arm, like right here, this part, I think you're good. Because that's the part actually when you're shooting, um, my guests and I do archery, that is, that's where you pull back from. So, and that's the release because you always bruise that area. So like, like mid (laughs) forearm? Elbow to wrist. Yeah, that's that's interesting because you know it's funny. I've been thinking so much about my wrist, but this sounds really dark. But like, if you do a tattoo like right here, it's kind of like where you cut slay your wrist. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like I so like I also think about that. But if if have you ever shot a bow and arrow? I have. Okay, so you're then right. You know, this that's is like, where you get. This yeah, is the part. Get, so then you so have to wear that leather thing on mm-hmm. your arm so you don't get hurt. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love You're it. Right. Katie, if there was no competition, would you watch the show? Yes, I would. I don't care about the like money or who wins or whatever. Like I'm more interested in just like seeing these people do their thing and cool. seeing their artistic skills. Unbelievable. Some of these artists are just Incredible. Okay, so let's do a quick <laughs> a quick rapid fire of tattoo yeses and nos based mm-hmm. on your own your own preferences. And and from watching the show, okay? 
And David, feel free to jump in here because I really only have a couple, but I'm interested. Uh, let's start with one I mentioned earlier. Face tattoos. Yes or no? No. <laughs> Portrait tattoos of dead loved ones. No, no, no. Hard pass. No. Tattoos where you're matching with somebody. Like if only the two of you were together, does it make sense? Like like the friendship necklaces that have to be put together. I I would say not something that doesn't make sense unless they're together because that I'm way too type A for that, like to have something that's like not fully done. But I yes on like matching. Mm -hmm. I, I'm down with matching tattoos. Quotes. Mm. That's a tough one. Um, probably no. How about a, a sleeve? Do you like a sleeve? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, carpe diem or mi casa su casa. Different language. No. Live, laugh, love. No. No. <laughs> God. No. Like even just no. All right. Okay. Katie, I think I know the answer. And I think I uh -huh. we've been, if we've been hearing you right, it sounds like it's an escapism for you. But why would mm. you say in your own words? You really love the show. If you had to like psychologically one-on-one analyze yourself of why do I like this show? I, th I think it comes down to a, a combination of how talented these people are and also the fascination of people just do that, that commitment to just being open to doing something that's with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, that commitment is pretty, that's pretty hardcore. It's not, yeah. you, you don't get to get rid of that. That's that's what I was thinking when I was buying my wife her uh, engagement ring. I remember being like, she loves design, but this is going to be on her finger at all, a lot Every of different day. stages of life. And I know she's going to have different thoughts. And I really got her the simplest thing I could. And she constantly tells me, she's like, it's not what, it, what I would have gotten but it is exactly what I need. And I was like, cool. She's like, she's like, you knew That's me better lovely. than I knew myself. And I was like, okay. But tattoo, she's now thinking about getting a tattoo and thinking the same thing. Like it's a very clean sounding tattoo because she's like, I don't know what's going to look like in my brain in 10 years. And I'm going to hate this thing on my body. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I also think like where, where you do it, like I'm not so certain about like, abdomen tattoos <laughs> like things Regretful. that are like you get you get something on your wrist or you get something on your forearm or your sh even your shoulder or things like that like that body part's not going to change all that much that, maybe maybe that's why but i think like, you're i think your partner's onto it with the back tattoo he doesn't have to look at it <laughs> no like only you <laughs> but i think he yeah he would it would be, but it's good placement, like between his shoulder blades, and he would know that Cthulhu always has his back. I so, love that. Like. <laughs> Katie, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. If you'd be so kind <laughs> to finish this beautiful Ink Mastered <laughs> podcast with a love letter to the series that you love. Dear Ink Master, oh, how you have gotten me through a global pandemic. The ways are immeasurable. 
the time that I cannot leave my house, but I can feel like I am exploring the world and exploring a world that I know nothing, have known nothing about. And the amount of, the amount that I have learned in this voyeuristic fun way has been super awesome. I feel like I have grown and I feel more, I feel like I could actually commit to doing a tattoo after spending all this time with you. So thank you. P.S. Dave Navarro, let's get a beer. Love, Katie. (laughs) I love it. Claire, do you look at your tattoos right now and have any regrets or absolutely not? No, I don't have any regrets. I don't have any regrets at all because it was a it was a certain time in my life. Also, the placement that I mentioned for Katie's partner is the is also uh from my own experience. I don't have to look at my tattoos. One is on my back, the other is on my foot. I don't spend all day looking at them. So that being said, no regrets. What about you, David? You don't have tattoos, but what would what would be the thing that would like I mean, you're married. That's a big commitment. What would be the thing that would push you to get a tattoo? I think someone would have to pay me a lot of money because I don't trust who I'm going to be in the future to such a degree because I do like change a lot. And I know that if I had a tattoo like on the forearm, which is everyone wants to get these days, this is the thing. My friend got a little churro done on his forearm because he loves churros. I would put something there. I probably would put, I don't know what I would put. I got to, I'm really, I have, I've never thought about it. I don't, I'm, this is the, I'm looking at my forearm and thinking for the first time in my existence, what I would put as a tattoo. And I have, I'm coming up blank. And which ink master would you have tattoo you? Now, this was a tough question for Katie. She ended up going with the, the Australian guest judge, but do you have a particular contestant over the series or you don't really know him well enough or what are you thinking? I don't know him well enough. So I would just go with whoever's the best. I just want whoever didn't fuck up. <laughs> whoever, whoever has well, not. You could pick the fuck up the least, I guess. Yes. Like the, yeah, I know. I just want, um, because that I, I can deal with the pain. I can deal with everything. The idea of them messing up, I think scares me so much because that's where the money comes in. We got to pay you yes. to, to push down that fear. So how much would it be? Like 500,000? Is that getting me a David tattoo? I think you could get, uh, I, I think you can give me an angel on my foot tattoo uh, to go with you, Claire. I think an angel on my foot for 25 grand. That's not bad. I could really do something with that 25 grand. I'll be smart yeah. about it. So I don't, so Bitcoin. if you're all thinking just 25 grand, <laughs> I'm putting that towards an investment property, a rental somewhere, maybe some cryptocurrency. So guys, just know it's enough of a seed money for the angel on my foot. That would be. What about, okay, what about, um, <laughs> I really just, this, you know, I'm going to have to stop myself here and not not continue on with this line of questioning because I really just want to ask you about every body part and see how the price changes. <laughs> we, we'll do that we can do that after air. the pod. Yeah, we'll do that off air. Either way, Ink Master is such an interesting show. And yes. I really, I am grateful that it has brought the art of tattooing. Yes. I said that on the podcast, but there's not a lot of like study of the of the history, 
and the art. And so that's what fascinates me as much as watching the contestants. I think there's a beauty and a bravery to sitting in that chair and having someone work on you and to walk out of that and putting it out there. It's a statement. It's individuality. It's all the things that Katie loves about it that I do actually respect in so many people who do get tattoos, even 17-year-old Claire with (laughs) the butterfly and the angel, because it still takes guts, or it takes a night of heavy drinking. Either or. I was not drinking. I did not drink at 17. You got guts, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate that about you every time we're on this podcast, Claire. Uh, So it's been... It's been a pleasure. And guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And like, subscribe, follow if all you, the if verbs. If you did, get a tattoo, a Fanatics tattoo. Yes. You know, Forget liking, the logo, following. the star, my face. It's up to you. You know, we dissed like portrait tattoos a little, but I'm open if it's me. <laughs> Definitely get Claire's face. Do not get my face if you want friends. So see you next week. Bye, guys. And before you guys go, let me tell you about who's on next week. Oh, I actually can't tell you. Why? Because it's a very special guest. Very special. And I can't say anything more. So does it have to do with Dexter? Yeah, probably. So continue with us on the Fanatics Dexter episodes next Monday. See you then. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. I want to be a human canvas today. I don't think you do, David. I want to be a human canvas. Hooray. If they listen to the podcast, they know you don't even have a tattoo. Come on, let's do it. Bring it on. (laughs) All right, that one's okay. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.